Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The name of my message this morning is Bring Up a Well. I guess y'all could probably figure that one out. Spring Up a Well. There's a song that says, <laughs> a song that says, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Then it says, spring up, O well, within my soul. See, he's talking to himself. He's talking to himself. Spring up, O well, and make me whole. Spring up, O well, and give to me your life abundantly. See, the river of life which is Jesus. Just another name for Jesus. Has a purpose. And this song tells us the purpose. It's a river of life flowing out from me. It's not a river of life that is dammed up and stays in me. If it's not flowing out, it's a stagnant pond. The Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea because the Dead Sea has no outlet. Nothing lives in the Dead Sea. Thus the name, Dead Sea. It has a life, a living river that flows into it. I want to say that the Sea of Galilee flows into the Dead Sea. Fish in the Sea of Galilee, fish in the river to the Dead Sea, no fish in the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea has no outlet. The river of life has to have an outlet. The outlet is to make the lame walk. The outlet is to make for the blind to see. The outlet is to open prison doors. It makes, if I'm lame, it makes me walk. If I'm blind, it makes me see. But it doesn't stop there. When it flows to me and, and destroys those areas in my life where I'm lame, where I'm blind, where I'm whatever has got me bound, when it destroys those, then it can flow out from me in those areas 
to someone else. That's its whole purpose. That's the gospel. Exactly right, Mr. Andy. It flows out of me. It opens prison doors. And it sets the captives free. That's what we have living inside of us. Acts chapter 16. Verse 25 and 26. says and at midnight I'll read it from up here Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them let's go to 26 and suddenly there was a great earthquake and my my praise my praises have yet to cause an earthquake So that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Everyone's bands was loosed. Not just Paul and Silas. They were the ones doing the praising but everyone around them benefited from their praise. Paul and Silas let that well of living water spring up. They let Jesus manifest. If anybody had a right to say, I don't feel like praising God, they did. They were doing the work of the ministry, cast the devil out of a woman, and got thrown in jail for it. Not just in jail, but in the lower part of the jail, where the sewers run through. There is no daylight down there. It's like a cave. But yet, did they, did they get all up in their feelings? No. They started praising God. Anyway, they let that river of living water, that well, bubble up to the point it caused an earthquake and broke the chains off of everyone, in the, everyone around there. Hallelujah. John 10, 10 tells us that the thief comes to steal and to kill. And Jesus come that we might have life, that we might have it more abundantly. Abundant life. Abundant life. I want to say abundant life. Let me give you an explanation of abundant life. It's all sufficiency for the task. It's not abundant possessions. God didn't say, I'll give you abundant possessions. He said, I'll give you abundant life. There is nothing wrong with possessions. As long as my possessions don't possess me. That's the key. If your possessions possess you, there's an issue. See, I've heard it taught before that Jesus was a poor man. That if you're a Christian, you should be poor. We're going to hit that right here. 
I'm going to show you something. And they used the scripture that's where Jesus said, I have no place to lay my head. Oh, Jesus don't own a house. He don't have anything. Poor Jesus. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am, the Son of God, poor him. The Bible specifically tells us that the soldiers cast lots for Jesus' robe because it was seamless. It's a, it makes, there's nothing in the Bible that's not there for a purpose. So if it tells me Jesus has a seamless robe, he's telling me something. A seamless robe was the top of the line clothing of the day. It took something to make a seamless robe. Jesus wore, what is the top of the line clothing today? I don't know. Gucci. It might have had a Gucci tag in it. Jesus was not poor. Jesus had a treasurer. Jesus was not poor. If you're poor, you don't need a treasure. If you're poor, you can carry everything that you have in your pocket. Jesus was not poor. So how do we account for that scripture? Jesus had no place to lay his head. The custom of the day, which he told his disciples, when he sent them out two by two, you go into a city, you go up to a house and see if they will let you in and let you stay there. That was the custom. They didn't go rent a hotel room. They would go and who, whoever in that house would let them in and let them stay. This particular place Jesus went to, nobody would give him a room to sleep in. That's why he said, I have no place to lay my head. It wasn't because he didn't have a place to stay. It's because nobody there would receive him into their house and provide him a place to stay. Jesus was not a poor man. Jesus walked in abundant life. Hallelujah. Let's go to Proverbs 10. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord, it makes, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. I've read that over and over for the years, and then I finally decided to look up some words in there. Because you can read it just like it reads, the blessing of the Lord, it makes us rich. When God blesses us, it makes us rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. You can read it like that. 
But there's also another way you can read it. When you read the blessing of the Lord, what that actually means is to bless the Lord. When I bless the Lord, it makes me rich. When I say Jehovah Jireh, you are my Jehovah Jireh. You are the great I am. You are the God of Israel. You are the Prince of Peace. I am blessing the Lord. And what that does is it opens the door for God to bless you. When we praise him, we've seen it happen in this ministry over and over and over. When we praise God for who he is in a certain area, he shows up in that area. We can call a fast for healing. Guess what? Healing manifests. Healings show up. God directs us to call a fast for provision. Guess what? Provision shows up. When we begin to praise him and glorify him for who he is, he shows up. So to bless the Lord, let's put it back up there, Benny. To bless the Lord means we praise him. We glorify him. We give him honor. That's what we were doing this morning, and it opens the door for God to step into the situation. We don't praise him just because everything's going right. We don't praise him because my checkbook is in the green. That's, that is a good time to praise him, but you also praise him when it's in the red. Because you praise him when it's in the red, it'll turn green. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, that's a new meaning for that scripture right there. I bless the Lord, and he makes me rich. I bless the Lord, which means when we praise him, we get into his presence. And rich, it doesn't always mean money. Rich can mean a revelation, which a revelation is worth a whole lot more than money. You can be rich in peace. See, a revelation. When he gives you a revelation, what he's given you is a word from heaven to work on this earth. See, when we praise him for who he is, that's stirring that well of living water up inside of us. You can come in here depressed. You can begin to praise God for who he is. That well inside you begins to stir. It'll just flush that depression right on out. Next thing you know, you're not depressed anymore. <laughs> it just press, it just pushes all that junk right out. 
I don't know if y'all have had much dealings with springs or not. I have too. We had a camp on the Saline River. They called it a slough that run down beside our camp, which means, you know, it just had stagnant water in it most of the time. The backwater would get up, but the water would come up in the river, it'd fill that slough up. But in that slough was a well curb about this big around. It had a spring in it. The, way, the water would come up and get over the well curb and get all this trash and stuff down in that well. And as long as that backwater was up, it stayed in there. But when the backwater would go down and get below the top of that well curb, those springs were continually pumping. You could see them. You could look in there and see them just bubbling. It wouldn't take long. Those springs pumping that fresh, clear water would just push all that junk out you'd have all this nasty water around the outside but in that middle in that well curb was crystal clear and cold we drank it that's where we got our water when we went to the river we'd take our buckets down there and dip it inside that well curb because that water was good this other stuff is not good. That's what a well will do. When Jesus said he's the well of living water, that's what he's in there for. We get in his presence like we were this morning. Yeah, it seems silly to sit on the altar and jump up, but who cares? <laughs> it stirs that well up in you. It stirs that well up in you. We don't think it's silly if a kid does it. Why is it silly if an adult does it? Go do it. It stirs that well up and it pumps all the junk out. To where it's nothing but living water flowing. Hallelujah. Let's go to John chapter 4. Verse 13. John chapter 4, verse 13. Show you something else about the well. This is where Jesus met the woman at the well. It says, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus is the well of living water. But there's something else about the well of living water. The well of living water knows some stuff. It knows what you're going through. It knew the history. It knew this woman's life story. She didn't have to tell him. That living water knew it. And that living water set her free. Let's go to John 
We're in John. Let's flip over to verse to chapter 5. Verse 2. It says, Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep gate market pool, which is in the Hebrew tongue called Bethsaida, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. Think about that. He knew every year. He didn't know the time, but he knew every year that an angel was going to come and trouble these waters. And if he was in the water first, he would be healed. I'm thinking to myself, 38 years? I would have slept with my foot in the water. I'm just saying. I believe I'd have been laying there with my leg in the water for a year. <laughs> I'm like, no, you might as well go sit down. This one is mine. 38 years he was there. It says, when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, the river, uh, the well of living water, knew he had been there a long time. He saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. This man had an excuse. I have no one. Our excuses will keep us from letting the, will, the living water flow. See, Jesus didn't assume that this man wanted to be healed. I mean, let's face it. He'd been there for 38 years. Some people do not want to be healed. That's the truth. They don't want to be healed. But the wellspring of living water. See, that man was lay, laying there making excuses, and then the living water showed up. The living water just walked right up to him and asked him, Do you want to be whole? See, when we come up with excuses, excuses, we're making excuses for why God doesn't do something for us. As I said it a Sunday or two ago, God does not have excuses. He's never given me an excuse for anything. He's always given me a solution. It's up to me to embrace his solution. 
Look at Luke 4, 18. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. That's what the living water is for. That's its purpose. That's why we want it to bubble up inside of us. When the living water bubbles up inside of you, you don't, it breaks poverty off of you. You don't have to be poor anymore. And when it breaks off of you, then you can let that living water flow through you and break poverty off someone else. If you've got a broken heart, that living water will flow through you and heal your broken heart. And then when it heals your broken heart, you let it flow out and heal somebody else's broken heart. That's the purpose right there. Preach deliverance to the captives. When you get, when you get set free from something, some demonic control, guess what? That living water can flow through you to set somebody else free. When you're blind... It flows through you to heal your eyesight. Then it can flow through you to heal someone else's eyesight. And to set at liberty them that are bruised, them that have been crushed, them that the world has just beat down. When the living water flows through you and heals those bruised places, then you can heal let it flow through you and heal someone else's bruised place. Don't, the reason that well, I'm here, the reason that most everyone else is even here where they are, the leaders here, is because somebody has let the living water, it started with Apostle Aline, she let the living water flow through her into us and then taught us through and then it was released into Apostle Angie. And then Apostle Angie has taught us even to on a deeper level to let that living water flow through you and then flow out to somebody else. It didn't, God didn't just all of a sudden drop down and heal me with no help from anybody else. It came through somebody. And God wants that somebody to be us. God wants that somebody to be you. The living water is for me, but it's not just for me. You know, when God speaks to me, gives me a word, rarely, and I say rarely, is that word just for me. I may be going through something, but when he speaks a word to me of victory, that pulls me out of a situation, that word is not just for me. That word is so that when I 
walk in victory in that area, then I can release that to someone else that needs victory. And another thing, I've heard it talk. You know, you hear some stuff. That this scripture, what is Luke 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, that all of this here, that all of this, the poor is poor in spirit, the brokenhearted in spirit, you're captive in your spirit, you're blind in the spirit, you're bruised in the spirit. It's more than that. It's not just in the spirit, it's also in the natural. God doesn't do anything halfway. He does a complete work. Yes, he wants, to, he, wants, he wants our blinded eyes in the spirit to be open to see spiritually, but he also wants my blinded eyes in the natural to see. God does not do anything halfway. I'm going to heal your big toe, but the rest of your foot's going to hurt. That's not the God I serve. He does a complete work. If you need a scripture for it, I can give you one. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Let's go there. 3 John chapter 1. says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Thy soul prospers is the spiritual side of it. When you look up the word prosper and be in health, you look it up in the concordance, which is great men of God that have sought this out and studied it and researched the words to come up with what they actually mean in the Hebrew or the Greek, whichever it was written in, th both of those are, are natural things. He says, I want you to prosper in the natural. I want you to have more than enough. I want your bills paid. I want you to have enough to give to somebody else to take care of them. What good... You take the man that, uh, the good Samaritan, we know the story of the good Samaritan. What if he had went to that man that had been beat up and left on the side of the road dead and says, oh brother, bless you in the name of Jesus and walked off and left him. He had enough to take that man and bandage him up, put him in a hotel room, and tell the, the owner of the hotel, says, you take care of him. And if you cost you any more than this, when I come back, I'll take care of it. God wants to bless us on both sides of the coin. Both sides. It says, be in health and prosper as your soul prospers. That's interesting. 
that we prosper and be in health in the natural as our soul prospers in the spirit. When we draw closer to God, the closer we get to him, we were talking about that in prayer this morning, that God wants us to draw close. When we draw close to him to the point to where we can hear his heartbeat, then he reveals things to us. He reveals revelations to us that will cause us to prosper. He'll reveal revelations to us that will cause us to be healthy. Moses, 80-something years old. Well, I don't know how old he was when he died. He was 80 when God called him. But he spent so much time in the presence of God that it said his strength is not weak. He was not weak, 80 years old. He was not weak, and his eyesight was not dim because he stayed in the glory. He stayed in that well spring of living water. Isaiah 43, 19. says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The only way God can do a new thing in us is if we get close enough to him for him to speak a new thing to us. He wants to do something we haven't seen before. We actually prayed that this morning too. That he does a new thing in here. And he did. It may not seem very significant to y'all. But he did a new thing. Brother Ernie come and ask could he sit in the seat up here. Yeah because you know every once in a while God would tell me. Call on this person come have him sit. I've done that twice, and then here comes Brother Ernie. He was, what was he doing? He was drawing close to God. He was drawing close to God, and because he did, God spoke a word into his life. I never called the kids out of, out of their Sunday school class after they'd done left the sanctuary. Just like, well... It don't matter. They're still in the building. God wants them. God wants to do something. So we'll just call them back in here. A new thing. Yeah, it looked, sounds kind of silly. Well, it sounds silly to the natural mind. Let's go to Psalms 1, verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. 
But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does prospers. We like the, the end of that verse. Whatsoever he does prospers. We like that part. Let's go to verse 2. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He stays in the presence of God. He stays in that well of living water. And because he stays there, whatsoever he does prospers. It's not just because I woke up in the morning, whatsoever I do prospers. It's because I've stayed in the presence of God. I've sought God. I've stayed in his presence. That's when the well of living water is flowing through me. Hallelujah. That's when the well of living water flows. Let's go to Jude. Jude chapter 1. Verse 20. Monica. Jude chapter 1, verse 20. It says, but ye beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, that stirs us up. That'll stir you up more than anything. You begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, that's why the devil fights that so hard. You know, it took me. I traveled to five different states to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Every time we'd go somewhere and go to a meeting, if they offered the opportunity to get filled with the Holy Ghost, I would go. I had people lay hands on me until they wore out. I'm, I'm not kidding. I stood there with them laying hands on me, one behind me and one in front of me. And they prayed for me. And I mean, they, they were giving it everything they had. But there was something in me that wouldn't let it penetrate. But they were giving everything that they had. And I literally told them, says, it's okay. It's okay. Y'all can, I'm done. And I would go and sit down. Hallelujah. That's why the, then I got filled with the Holy Ghost in Apostle Aline's office. Second Timothy 1 Timothy 1.6 It says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance 
that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That one scripture is why I like to pray for people. There's nothing special about these. But the Holy Ghost flows through. When you're yielded to God, the Holy Ghost flows through them. My hands are just like anybody else's. But if you yield to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the power comes through from heaven and out. So he said, stir it up. Stir up the gift that's in you. Stir up that Holy Ghost that's in you. Stir up that well of living water. And when we stir up that well of living water, it stirs up power. It stirs up power. It stirs up love. You'll find yourself loving people that you that you don't know why you're loving them. <laughs> Let's just tell the truth. You'll have a heart for people that's like, why do I have a heart for them? Because of that well of living water. You'll also have a sound mind that stirs your mind. That well of living water will stir your mind to where your mind is sound. The enemy, that's the enemy's playground right there, is your mind. So we want a sound mind. We want to be settled in what we believe. We want all of that settled. That way the enemy cannot come in. Does he still attack? Yeah, he, he attacks. He tries to raise up. He knows your past. He knows what you've dealt with. He knows I've, my biggest enemy was fear. I stand up here and preach before y'all, and I'm comfortable. Went to Harvest Tabernacle. I've been in other churches, and God used me to give words. You know, on the spur of the moment, God stand up and speak this. But I've never preached in another church outside of this one. Fear tried to come Saturday night because, oh, I'm bringing, a, I'm actually going to preach in another church. It's still people. Most of them were ours. <laughs> but still, the enemy, because he knew my background, he knew that, that I had an issue, had an issue with standing before people. So, yeah, he come. It's like, oh, devil, you might as well quit. I'm fixing to stand up there anyway. Even to the point that their mic didn't work. Yeah, I'm fixing to preach, and I don't even have a mic to preach with. It's not nothing on them. The devil's just trying to discourage. So it's like, don't care. I'm fixing to preach to them anyway. If you want that well of living water to be stirred in you, I'm going to lay hands on you. 
I've, I love it. I love it because I know that it works. I know that there's impartations that take place. You may not feel a thing. A lot of times when I get hands laid on me, I didn't feel a thing. I had Pastor Kilpatrick, we were talking about him the other day, the pastor of Brownsville when the revival broke out. I've had him lay hands on me, and I can't say that when he did that I felt anything when he did that. But here about a year ago, we were sitting in here on one prayer day, and I want to say I was sitting right there on the front row, and Apostle Angie looked at me and said, I see the anointing of Pastor Kilpatrick on you. Didn't feel a thing when the man of God laid hands on me. But it didn't matter. He was a vessel and he imparted. So if you want the well stirred up in you, come on. Come on. We want to stir that well. That well is going to wash out some stuff. It's going to wash out some stuff. It's going to wash out some stuff. And the thing is, sometimes we get delivered of things and we know that we've been delivered of things, but sometimes you just realize you get to, you wake up one day and you look back and think, I used to respond this way. I used to respond like this when something come up. But I don't respond that way anymore. Why? That well has done wash some stuff out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.